Welcome to Diverse Tech Founders, a podcast about the one thing older than capital, people like you and me. Now here's your host, Abraham J. Williamson. You're listening to the Diverse Tech Founders podcast, the show that brings you the one thing older than capital, people just like you and me. And I'm your host, Abraham J. Williamson. Thank you for listening. Welcome, Diverse Tech Founders family. Wow, we have an amazing episode ready for you all this week where we invite Netta Jenkins, co-founder of Dipper, onto the podcast and discuss some of the same things that we normally ask about the artists that have impacted Netta's work and whether she wants to run a billion-dollar company. But you'll get a chance to learn a lot more about what got her started with Dipper, which is a platform that helps professionals of colors with reviews, but not reviews of themselves, reviews of their employers. You'll find what got Netta interested back in Rhode Island as a student, and that led to today, where she has been a pioneer in the DEI space and in the tech space. Without further ado, here's the show. Have Bria on. We're both going to co-host this one. Oh, I love it. Hi, Bria. How are you? Hi, Netta. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Fantastic. So I'm going to just give you a quick rundown of how this will go. I sent you the questions uh, ahead of time. Uh, I know not, not very much time, but you are a pro. So we really just want you to kind of talk about uh, your company and your journey. Bria is going to take on uh, a number of the questions because she actually works in DNI. She has for almost a year now, very early in her career. But as we were doing research for this, uh, I mean, obviously blown away by your story and just your energy, your sincerity, how genuine you are. Uh, so we're just going to tag team this one. And, and um, that's about everything. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Sounds good. Brilliant. So, OK, we're going to go ahead and get started. We have Netta Jenkins here of Dipper, who uh, is doing some amazing things in the DNI space, but also in the tech startup space. So why don't you go ahead and introduce us to uh, who you are, Netta, and, and tell us where you grew up. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in the smallest state in America, Rhode Island, to be exact, Johnston, Rhode Island. And actually, both of my parents are from Liberia. They came to Johnston, Rhode Island in the 80s, and when I was much younger, we experienced so much racism, especially within a predominantly white neighborhood. I mean, I remember someone spitting, a white woman actually, spitting in my mother's face and saying, blacks don't belong in my neighborhood, and I was seven years old at that time, and I was so angry. I was so angry at the fact that I was, I was silent in that moment and I was angry at the reason why I was just like well why, why did my mom just turn around and walk away right why didn't she react and of, of course we we impact and she's like Netta you know had had I reacted or had I even called the cops I would have been seen as the perpetrator and she would have been the victim just based on color and that was that was really hurtful you know to me and then fast forward I I went off to middle school and there was a young white boy that said, I heard your family's from Africa. Let me see how far and fast you can climb up this tree. Wow. And that was kind of like, that was kind of like the breaking point for me or the most pivotal point in my life because that's when I went back home. I cried about it. My mom said, listen, I didn't bring you here to cry about things. I brought you here to create change. And when she said that, something woke up in me. I mean, every single activist 
that has done an amazing job woke up in me. And I was like, okay, it's now time to fight this fight, even in a school where I'm only one of three black people. And so I started introducing a lot of things and, and challenging the teachers on the curriculum that they were teaching. And I was in a lot of honors courses. And so I was challenging the teachers there too, because they felt like they knew everything. And then I questioned, why is it that Black History Month comes around? Y'all don't acknowledge it, right? Just because it's a predominantly white school. And Martin Luther King is not the only person either. And so a lot of change started to take place within the school, so much so that youth stations actually came to cover what was happening. And, and I knew from that point on, whatever I did in my life, it was going to be fighting for my community and, and other marginalized groups. So, Netta, if you could, could you please tell me about your tech background? Yeah. Um, so, actually, this started, my love for tech started in college. It was very early stages of people really being interested in kind of the technology space. And I started to read a lot about how folks were kind of venturing into this industry that was really changing the, the landscape. And it was interesting because, like I said before, I've always been focused on fighting for people, right, and, and making sure that there, that there's focus on equity and equality and, and diversity and inclusion and all of those things. And so I started to think, okay, well, if I can learn and get in the industry of technology, then I can create a much bigger shift a much bigger shift than I even think, like much more on, a, on an international global scale. And so that's kind of how I got into to that world. I started off with recruiting. So I started recruiting. I, I got into corporate America. And um, in the start of my career, I was always very vocal about what I wanted. And I was always very strategic because I'm like, listen, I don't have time to waste. I don't have time to play these games <laughs> either. And as serial entrepreneur, I ran a business for a very, very long time. And so even coming out of my business that was no longer sustainable, I was like, okay, if I'm going to join a full-time opportunity, it's one that I want to be very strategic about to get to the goals and reach the goals and the levels that I, that I need to be. And I don't want it to take 20 years. <laughs> so I kind of have this like three-year pathway. And so when I started recruiting, I was in kind of on the finance side, and then I got into specifically technology um, on the agency side, and then I got into uh, more of like a corporate setting. And when I had first joined the company, I was actually contracting because I had just stopped running my business. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but like if you run your own business for such a long time, I had my business for about seven years, and then at the end, it was no longer sustainable. It was very hard for me to transition into full-time. Yeah. So I had to make myself feel like I'm not working here. <laughs> I, you know, like they're my client. Like it was that type of mindset. And, and then within like a couple of weeks, they're like, listen, we want to convert you into full-time. Are you interested? And I had such a hard time. And I remember like my husband at the time, like we were dating and he was just like, take it, take it, Netta. And like you said, you're very strategic, come up with a plan or a goal. And that's exactly, that's exactly what I did. And so in the matter of the three years, I was able to really climb the ranks quickly as a VP. And, and the way I started to do it was, one, being vocal about like, hey, here's where I want to be. Yeah, I'm starting off as a recruiter, but 
here's what I envisioned for my career and how can my manager help me to get there and how can even the executive leadership help me? But I think a lot of the times when people get into like entry level or associate level positions, they forget that those people at the top, they're still human. <laughs> and they still have the opportunity to, to support you and become your, your greatest champions. And so the CEO was, was my greatest champion there, along with my, my manager, who, who I'm still in contact with till this day. Go straight to the top, I see. <laughs> that's awesome. And I think that's great advice for, for people who listening who may just be early on in their career or trying to figure out how to position themselves early on in that board meeting or with their mentor. But now I want to get to the big question, the one that is on everybody's minds and the one that we're really interested in talking about now that we've gotten a better idea of the person behind the company is what is Dipper and from where did the idea for Dipper come? We know you've had a lot of experiences and you mentioned how tech could accelerate your change but really what is Dipper and from where did this idea come to make it to where you have to have it today right now oh yes yes the burning question I love it Dipper is a technology platform that guides professionals of color to a better workplace one review at a time whether good bad or indifferent there's no real safe space for professionals of color to share what their workplace experiences are. And professionals of color, we go through a lot in the workplace. Absolutely. From microaggressions, you know, um, from various microaggressions, from being left off of emails to not being paid the same as someone in the same exact role or a white counterpart. Um, so there's so many different various things, but I think started to hear so much of that from other professionals of color and we're like, okay, we have to do something. My, my partner, however, her father passed, you know, a while back and he was in the DEI industry for a very long time, leading Fortune 500 companies. And so she had, I remember one day she had came to me and she's like, Ned, I have this idea and I, I, I almost want to turn my father's path into something that can really help people, right, and really shift our community. Wow. And so she shared the idea with me, and I was just like, oh, girl, yes. Because at that time, you know, I have a very strong network on, on LinkedIn, a strong following. And so literally I have about, on average, 10 people per day that ask me questions, career-oriented questions that vent to me about what's taking place. And so when she shared that with me, I was like, Jacinta, this is a no-brainer. I have all of these people that are always kind of venting about their workplace experiences, and there's no real safe space to have that conversation, nor is there the accountability piece on companies. They get to kind of function that way, and, and it'd be okay. And then on the flip side, we want to make sure that these companies are more improved. The reality is not every person of color is going to be business owner or an entrepreneur you know some people are going to be working uh, in corporate America and I want to make sure that if that's the case for professionals of color it's the safest space for them and they're not wasting their time going to spaces that don't truly value diversity and equity I think a lot of these companies tend to hide behind their awards mm -hmm. and and they're able to say oh yes we believe in diversity yes we have that as a value you, and beyond even just the representation, because we all know that's an issue, but it's the retention. It's like, 
all right, one, you do, you're lacking the representation, but two, the way you're treating people is deplorable. And in fact, there was research that I came across that links microaggressions to suicide. So when I think about Dipper, it's beyond, oh, just even a safe space. It's about saving lives at this point. I agree. And I think, as you mentioned, retention, attrition, and if it's in the values or if there's a pledge you've signed that doesn't necessarily reflect the environment or the culture that people, especially people of color, experience every day. So I really like that you've highlighted that. And I think yeah. I, I think that it's so important now more than ever to not only be for one thing, but to be actively anti another thing, specifically racism in our corporate um, companies today. So I really love that you mentioned that. That's so important now more than ever. You mentioned a lot of moving pieces uh, that kind of brought about Dipper. We want to drill down now into what is Dipper's technical solution? What are you adding to the marketplace that wasn't there before? How are you leveraging these experiences to elevate these voices for change? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, like I said before, I think the number one thing is people are now able to rate and review their companies right. on an ongoing basis instantly. Right. The minute you experience a situation, you're able to add it, you know, and then others can see it, which will help others to kind of guide people in the right path. I think the other piece on the, on the employer side is for the employers that are actually doing a really good job and they're getting great reviews from uh, professionals of color, you're going to see the organic traffic instantly, right? Because now we're seeing, okay, well, this particular company truly values diversity, equity. They, they truly are doing the work, right? They really care about this particular population. People are going to want to flock there. And so that, that is a big challenge, the recruiting piece, right? There's so many companies, especially right now, that are seeking diversity recruiting platforms, and they're still having a lot of difficulty getting those folks. So I think this definitely helps to, to offset that balance for sure. And then I think, you know, the other, the other key factor here is there's an opportunity even for professionals of color to see from a salary perspective where, where should they be, right? Absolutely. And that's a very, very hard thing. A lot of the times, again, we waste our time trying to figure out, hey, what should the salary be? We go on these other platforms, but they don't really speak to the black or brown experience at all, and even from a salary perspective. And then I think the other piece, too, is now people have this sense of community, and so they can bounce ideas Absolutely. off of each other and things are coming to the forefront and then on the employer side they're able to see what's happening from a data even from like a data standpoint and say okay here's what we need to fix and I think that's the major gap a lot of organizations don't have the hardcore data around what's truly happening within their organization and and how it's impacting professionals of color. They just don't have that. It's not out there. A lot of the time we see general data about black women or, or this percentage is this, right? And it's like super, super general. And it's like, no, 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 let's talk about these specific microaggressions that impact people's lives. And let's talk about how that happens. Let's talk about what happens when or the data behind one not being promoted, right? And, and watching their white colleagues all be promoted 
and soar into leadership positions. Let's talk about and show the data and prove for the pay equity around professionals of color. So there, there's a lot of different moving parts and buckets there. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button. This podcast is made possible by listeners just like you. So thank you for subscribing. And now back to the show. Absolutely. And I think that you really highlighted the utility and the necessity of this tool. And my question revolves around how did you prove to investors that your target customers would use Dipper? Yeah, so it's interesting because we do have um, many investors that are interested in Dipper and investing in Dipper. We actually are kind of pushing away from that and pulling back. I think a lot of the times what happens is um, many people kind of eagerly go in to, okay, we need funding, someone's willing to invest, let's take that money, without really evaluating and assessing where their company is at and where it can be. And a lot of the times what we see happen is that investor then owns your company. And we're like, oh no, we know that there's a lot of traction here just just from the amount of investors that are interested. So, and we know that we're capable and able to, and it's a blessing, to kind of bootstrap it or kind of fund it ourselves right now that we can kind of take the time to kind of evaluate what's happening there. That's awesome. So as a user and somebody who's completed a profile on Dipper, and I hope that others at the company have as well to to continue to move that along, I'm curious to know who are Dipper's best customers? You mentioned that it has an employer-facing component, it has an uh, employee-facing component, and then it has probably an industry-wide use case for for folks in the uh, DEI space. But, But who, in your opinion, are Dipper's best customers and champions? Yeah. The number one customer base for us is really professionals of color. Like, our community members are so important to us. Like, this is truly for them. It's for us. It's by us and for us. Love That's it. That's number one. <laughs> yeah. We, we really value our community. We value the insight that our community is giving it's not easy to share these experiences. I mean, we have people that literally have shared an experience at every single job that they've ever been at. They're like, oh, God, we're going to let this out. And I think that that's really critical. So community is, is key for us. And then the, the second would be, of course, on the employer side, you know, for employers to then say, yeah, we really need these type of insights because we need to do better. Or... Yeah, we're looking at Glassdoor, and we see that we have this four or five star, but that's not really reflective of uh, professionals of color and their experiences. Now, when we look on Dipper, it's really a two star, right? So we need to do something about this. So I think those those are kind of the, the important pieces there. Um, but I think everyone, honestly, will be able to value, have some sort of impact and see the value of Dipper. Right, even from a resource perspective of, of what's happening within the industry to professionals of color. And especially during this time, we're seeing this, this huge cultural corporate shift right now, especially after the murder of Mr. George Floyd. And seeing a lot of corporations putting out statements, but it's like the statements are not enough. You need to take a look at what's really happening within your organization. And, and Dipper is here 
to let you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we're really excited because, you know, we're in the development stages right now. So we have the, the website. And so today people can definitely share their reviews, but it's going to be next year by like February, it's going to be super robust the actual platform and we're, we're really, really excited for it. Oh, I had a quick question just from a pitching perspective. What is it like to talk about the importance of Dipper to people while having a full-time job and a family? Like, what is that like? (laughs) Oh God. I laugh because literally I feel like I have not slept in like two years. Um, Oh my goodness. Yes, I have a 16-month-old, and I have a 4-month-old, and then my bonus son is 7, and I count my, like, my husband as a child, too, so <laughs> I, have, I have a lot, right? <laughs> but um, hopefully he doesn't listen to this. Um, but, but, yeah, I think, I think for me, it's about, it's really about balance, and I try, it's, it's about, A, balance, but it's also about, oh, here I'm in the background he's trying to eat a battery sorry um, <laughs> it's it's also about it's also about knowing like it's okay if you can't control everything it, like especially in this moment it's those very moments that um you know I may not be able to control and that and that's absolutely okay and I think for a lot of um entrepreneurs that are working full-time and and also growing their businesses, um, I, I would definitely say, like, take the time to, to focus on you. Use that Sunday to really make it about self-care. Don't be afraid to ask for help when needed. And don't be too hard on yourself because there's certain things that keep organized. So organize is organization is definitely my best friend. I have a board in my room. I write everything on and I break it down into personal things like dentist appointments, kids, all that stuff. Then I have my consulting business where I do like anti-racism training and all of that. That's in one column. Then I have my work-related stuff and work, of course, I I make that work. I make that come first. And then Dipper is there as well. Which is helpful right now because I have, you know, a co-founder. So there's a lot that we can kind of do together. Speaking of co-founder, and, and, uh, I didn't mean yeah. to, to catch up, but but you kind of lead right into our next question, which is, you know, why did you bring on a co-founder? And tell us a little bit more about that, because a lot of founders have to make that decision. They are either trying to to fill a need that they have or or... They, they just want a partner in this, but some people just opt to go it alone. So tell us a little bit about that decision and how you and your, your co-founder complement each other or use each other's differences for the betterment of the company. Yeah. Um, so my co-founder, um, Jacinta, you know, she was the one who had reached out to me and she was like, hey, I have this idea. And so I definitely want to give her, her credit where, where it's due. The, the cool thing about it is Vicenta and I were both um, employees at, at IAC, and we were both executives there as well. And so it's funny because the first time we met each other, it was almost like the color purple. You know, you see that other black person, and you run to them, and you just, like, can't let them go. <laughs> you and me will never part type thing. And so we would continue to have, like, black girls lunch, 
and um, and we would share, exchange mommy stories and, and talk about our, our husbands and all that good stuff. And so naturally we started to develop this, this friendship, but we also started to figure out ways we could create change within the workplace. And, um, and she has like a marketing um, technology product background. Um, but then we started to kind of merge what our sweet spots were. And we're like, listen, this would be, this would be an exceptional union here. Um, let's make this happen together. So that's, fin- that's how that kind of, yeah. That's fantastic. It's great when it works out that way. I know a number of, of really good friends end up making solid partners. I know you hear the horror stories from the opposite end, but it's good to know uh, that you all have a strong uh, relationship that predates the company. So that's really good. You mentioned investors earlier and in, in sort of the cost of the money. Uh, if there, if you did receive an infusion of a million dollars, though, in funding right now, let's say no strings attached, you can do whatever you want with it, where would you deploy that capital? would invest in a couple different things. I think it would be even expanding the development stages a bit more, adding even more features, because there's a lot of features that we want to add, but we need to kind of take it phase by phase based on the amount of funds that we have. So we would definitely make sure that goes a little more quickly so that we can add it. And then we would also kind of invest it in um, probably adding on um, an official engineer that can kind of do the, the maintenance of it as well. And right now we are working with uh, a team of engineers, but, but truly having, having someone on full-time, that would be ideal. Absolutely. And I think we can all agree that a million dollars would do us all pretty well right now. Um, but there are some things that money can't buy. And my mm-hmm. question is, what is the most profitable piece of advice you've received since you started building your MVP? Make sure that... Um, Make sure that your, your, your passion and your focus for this is so deep that even money is, is kind of a non-factor, Got you know, it. that you're willing to do pretty much anything to make this happen because the passion is so deep. And so when I think about like what my why is and what my passion is, I think about my community, one, but I also think about legacy, so my children. And so I'm like, they, when they grow up, they may be working in a company or they may be entrepreneurs. And if so, either way, I want them to have the best experience possible. And so when I think about that, the, the grind is like me not sleeping is okay. Mm-hmm. I'm really willing to sacrifice that for the, for the betterment of my community and my, and my legacy. I think that that is amazing. And I, I want to know, in what ways does your background maybe make it easier or more difficult as you, as you push to succeed? Yeah, I think, you know, definitely being an executive, being in a VP level position in the DEI space, I have, like, a lot of insight on what's happening. Absolutely. Um, having my own consulting business on the side, that, that really helps as well because I have an in on every single a, good, a large amount of companies, right, in, in terms of what's happening, being in a, in, in a VP global inclusion role mm-hmm. and having insight for my company. But I think the other piece would be just kind of being in the technology industry for so long, understanding how an MVP works, understand how products work, understanding how, you know, things are built and the types of tools that are used to build that and how to put together a team that is going to be super successful and empowered and inspired 
all of those really help strengthen Dipper. And I think the cool thing, too, is it's not just me. It's Jacinta, and she brings so much to the table as well with the engineering, with the product background, the marketing background. She also led a, a very big team as well. She's managed multi-million dollar uh, initiatives. So I think I think we both kind of bring a lot to the table there. Brilliant. That sounds, sounds like a strong team. And it also sounds like your family it really wants to get in on this podcast interview. Which oh, my goodness. <laughs> Everybody, now my husband's in the room. I'm like, oh, goodness. We all want to hear what you have to say. In fact, we see a lot of synergies and, and similarities in the artist community and the tech community. Both are really drawn to, to bringing out that beauty that maybe Leighton or other people can't really see. So we like to ask uh, diverse tech founders, kind of which artist most inspires your work or do you most identify with as you're going about your day-to-day and interacting with your business and customers? I would say Jill Scott. And I say Ooh. Jill Scott because she's, she's my favorite artist. She really is. I like love, love, love her music. But when I hear that that song, Living My Life Like It's Golden, I'm like, yes. <laughs> that, that, that is how I want to live my life, like it's golden. And it, it's empowering. It's, I feel like all of her music is uplifting and empowering. But when I hear it, it puts me in a good mood. It puts me in a good work mood. And and then I just feel when I listen to it and, and her, her artistry, it makes me feel like, wait, hold on. Yes, girlfriend, you can attain that. Anything is possible, right? So go get it. Absolutely. And that's, that's kind of what I get from it. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, you are from the smallest state in the United States. And I am so interested to see or know how being from a place like Rhode Island has really kind of given you an in or what you've learned being in a burgeoning startup space. Well, Rhode Island... <laughs> <laughs> haven't really gone deeper into Netta's story, you definitely should. Like I said, there, there's a ton of content online about you talking about growing up in Rhode Island and the experiences. And it's no surprise that you have now a co-founder of Dipper, given all the things that you've gone through and the triumphs that you had in the face of, of that adversity. So that's, that's awesome. 
What I wanted to talk about next is, and you kind of mentioned the rollout of these new tech initiatives and sort of the new elements of Dipper, but if you could only keep one feature, if you stripped everything away from the company except one intervention or one feature that you have, what would that be? The one feature I would say is reviews for sure. Got it. Can you tell us a little Uh, bit more about the impact of those reviews and how you use that to uh, innovate in other ways in the company? Yeah, we we receive hundreds of reviews per day. And so you can tell when, when people are writing their reviews, like no one writes a review if they're not really having an amazing experience or a detrimental experience, right? Yeah. People just don't waste their time doing it. And so when I see those reviews, and we just as many negative reviews we see, we also see just as many positive reviews. I think that tool right there is so instrumental because there's nothing out there, like I was saying, for professionals of color to really share what their experiences are. And if we don't know what those experiences are, then there's no way that these companies can be equipped with kind of the data and the insights to understand, you need to fix this now, right? More for our people, our community to say, well, I'm not going that way. I'm not going to be a part of that organization. I'm not going to be treated like that. That, you know, that's the consensus. It's not just one review. There are many reviews here, and here's the experience. And so it's going to be that one feature is going to be really impactful for for organizations because it'll be telling in how they even perform. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it shows that when you have diversity within your company, companies perform 35% better than if it's not. So they're not going to see that diversity. And the more, and the cool thing that's happening now is there's more people that are practicing allyship. And so they're not going for that either. So it's like, wait, if this is how you're treating professionals of color at your organization, I don't want to be a part of it. And we all know that when people start pulling out, then that's an impact to companies' funds. And Definitely. that can trickle down to your organization being closed. So it's like, let's get real. Definitely. And I mean, speaking of review, I'm going to ask you if you'll do a review really quickly and think back to your whole experience with Dipper. And if you can tell me about the pivot, the single moment that you think saved or changed your company. Hmm, This is a good question. That single moment. Gosh, there were so many various moments, even the small ones. But let me think, what was like kind of the biggest? I think... I think the moment of of both Jacinta and I realizing how big this is and how big in, in terms of how um, cultural shifting this can be on a global scale is when it hit us. And it was just like, okay, we're willing to do whatever we can to make this happen as soon as possible. Yeah, that energy definitely comes through in the platform. It comes through as you talk about it. And I don't think people will be surprised to know kind of how deep your your inspiration lies. And and part of that is is really connecting with people who share in that sentiment. And so this next question is, is really which communities have been the most helpful in growing your brand and growing your vision? I mean, you need other people to be as zealous as you are in your mission. And I'm wondering which communities have been the most helpful in kind of promoting Dipper and, and, and providing insights for your company. Yeah. Um, 
my community, the black, <laughs> the black and brown community definitely has been amazing in, in really, you know, pushing it. But I also see on the flip end, you know, many corporations that are um, predominantly white, they're like, wait, listen, we want to push this too because we are tired hiding behind these diversity awards and not understanding what's really happening. And we want to get real about what's happening. We want to hold our hiring managers or whoever is perpetuating these things accountable. I think that's amazing. Agreed. When it can really shift so many different communities and different aspects. I completely agree. And here at DTEC, we also value those things. We value being change agents and we seek actively to to create communities and ecosystems for people of color. And my question is, how can DTEC help with your company? I think DTEC is amazing. I love that you all support entrepreneurs that are, you know, working on getting funding, but also working on, on gaining that exposure. And um, I'd love to just kind of keep you all posted on on the path that we're on. And I think in terms of having defund as, as a resource uh, to, especially when we get to that funding stage or or even if it's like, hey, we're, we're now ready for this, our, our big launch event, um, we definitely want to be be able to kind of communicate that and, and work with you all on that. That's brilliant. Well, we're definitely rooting for you in, in many ways and going to continue to keep this conversation going. You mentioned the the, uh, the app launch parties and in our discussions, I think it was earlier this year, it might even uh, late last year as, as we were getting to know each other, uh, we mentioned the app launch parties. And I'm wondering, uh, you know, if you were to have an app launch party, what is a question that you think if somebody asked you, it might stump you in that moment? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> um, goodness, I don't. I don't know. If I was to have an app, like I feel like I know everything about my product and what we do. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. It's easier for us to really not pitch so hard but really just kind of be passionate about it and share here, here's what's happening. Absolutely. And, and I'm glad you brought up uh, the point about the pitch because we've really tried to make a concerted effort at these events to make it less pitch competition and more of an atmosphere of mutual vulnerability where the founders can can come and really tell their stories and open up and receive feedback from folks and the questions. Some, you know, we'll have some some VCs there who ask some pretty pointed questions about the TAM and growing, you know, globally and, and how to expand the market. But we also have some pretty good questions from folks who really are just wanting to know a little bit more about how you did it, how you got there in your vision and why you didn't do it a different way. Uh, and so we're looking forward to, to hosting you when that comes. The next question, though, is what we like to call the billion-dollar question. And that is, do you want to run a billion-dollar company? Why or why not? And we found that this question really illuminates what's going on in a founder's head in terms of how they view their product in the world, but also their impact and, and right. I, I suppose, their relationship with capital. So we're curious to know for you and, and Dipper, uh, do you want to run a billion-dollar company? And if so, why? And if not, why not? Yeah, 
definitely, we, we definitely want to want to get to that stage, right? But I think the most important piece for us is making sure, like I said in the beginning, our community, professions of color, especially black and brown people, we want to make sure that our people is in a better place, that they feel like Dipper is really impacting and shifting their lives. Because I think if, if we're able to accomplish that, then we can do that on a global scale. Um, in fact, we've, we've had, um, you know, several publications, international ones that have covered us and, and they're really interested in, in how it can impact them internationally as well. And so that kind of helps and speaks to, to the global piece. But I think if we get it right with our community and if corporations also see that, wow, this $8 billion DEI spend that they do, um, that does, that has not shifted the needle, but now there, there's this accountability piece and there's also this insight, it, it could truly impact the world. And I mean, your impact is remarkable. Dipper's impact, we cannot deny it. And I just want to know, how can we keep up with Dipper and what Dipper is doing? Where can we follow you? What can we expect in the future? What can you leave, with, leave us with? Why are y'all just so good with your questions? Um, I love that question. Yes, follow me on LinkedIn. Put in Netta Jenkins. You can follow me on there. Um, also, ourdipper.com. You know, everyone should be sharing <laughs> their reviews <laughs> because it really helps someone else and guides them in the right position as well. And then I'm also, I mean, if folks wanted to go to my personal site to see uh, the anti-racism training, trainings that I do and the organizational assessments and all that for, for corporations, that's netajenkins.com or holistic, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C, inclusion.com. And yeah, I'm Googleable <laughs> as well. But yeah, I definitely encourage people to connect with me for sure on, on LinkedIn. And um, we're also on Instagram, our Dipper, O-U-R Dipper. Well, thank you so much, Netta. And as you've heard to our listeners at home, that's OurDipper.com. We thank you so much for joining us today. And as you've mentioned, community is key. So we will be following up with yeah. you. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure, Netta. And as Bria mentioned, I mean, the impact that you're making is truly undeniable. It really is. Uh, and thank we just you. thank you for your time. And shout out to your family for joining us as well. <laughs> Uh, oh my god, I'm so sorry. You heard no. in the background. No, it's all good. <laughs> in fact, we we welcome it because, you know, who knows, there might be another aspiring tech entrepreneur who is inspired by this podcast as it was being made. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Thanks for joining this week on Diverse Tech Founders with Abraham J. Williamson. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. You can do it right now. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. Thanks again.